Warning, the host of this podcast has a penchant for the pontification of puns and an altruistically alienating affection for alliteration. If you suffer a weak constitution or get annoyed easily, you may want to seek prior medical advice or avoid this particularly perplexing pod podcast as the host is unbalanced as a washer full of shoes. Salutations, my slumberless stoners. Here I am again, the Chronic Insomnia Podcast. Your docent of dope, Jack Pot, here with Keith Curlin, good friend of mine uh, in the medical industry. So, uh, Keith, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, uh, good to talk to you, Jack. Good to be here. I'm hey. um, I'm Keith. I'm a second year, just finished my second year pharmacy student at uh, the University of Florida. Um, I'm an intern working at uh, at a local retail pharmacy, and I'm the mental health chair for my chapter of SNAFA, the Student National Pharmaceutical Association. Nice. Yeah. Good thing it's not SNAFU. That would just be dangerous. That would be, yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, what would you like to know? So um, what is your, what's your, your current take on um, the mental health system, like how they how they handle it? Um, you know, the, the number of cases, does it help more than it hurts? You know, like, are, are there just your, your general overall, you know, opinion of the mental health uh, prof- the, on the professional side, like, like how you see everything going, you know, now? Yeah. Uh, well, part of the reason, probably more than part, a lot of the reason that I got into the medical field to begin with was because I thought it was all messed up and that we needed to like come in and change it from the inside. But once I got here, I'm like there are so many resources for patients. Mm-hmm. There's so much that is available. And the biggest barrier to getting people the help that they need is that they don't know that they can, or they think that if they, if they do seek help, that it'll be, uh, that they will be, how do I say it? That I, I don't know. It's the stigma that's like they'll attached. Be labeled, you know, they'll, you know, they'll be labeled something negative that'll follow, you know. They'll be labeled by other people or they'll be labeled by themselves. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they, they see it as a failure. If they can't, if I can't do, get through this by myself, if I look for help, then I am a failure. And that's. So it's not necessarily like the, the system itself that's going bad. It's the, the disconnect between mm-hmm. the system and the patients. Like there's not a whole lot of, I guess, yeah. you know, advertising or, or, you know, forward momentum as far as, you know, getting the word out there. There's that. There is, and that's not to say that there aren't super huge issues uh, in the system as far as like who has access and how much stuff costs and right. how, how much care you can get before they start charging you uh, crazy amounts of money. Right. But uh, yeah, that, that, that ver- the barrier to the first time the person seeks care is not uh, not as the hurdle isn't as high as I thought it was before well, I started. I mean, yeah, it's it's good to you know to realize that it, things aren't as messed up as you thought they were in the first place. Kind <laughs> of makes everything a little easier. Yeah. Um. So so how about as as you know, especially you know Florida? I know that there's there's a much higher uh, higher demographic of both mental health and, you know, just, just health in general patients between the age and, and different things like that. So how, um, you know, how, how does, how does that stack up? Do you know, like anywhere else in the world, have you talked to anybody else like in the country or, you know, like, do we have a, a better grasp of the system or just kind of, you know, 
subpar the same you know on, on the same page with everybody else uh well florida is behind on a lot of things not just not just like straight up healthcare, but education like right. we, because we're such a laissez-faire well i mean this is my opinion yeah, because that, we're such a, a laissez-faire kind of a state where right. where we're, we're we don't have a lot of regulation we don't have a lot of uh systems in place that um that keep things from going off the rails they do tend to go off the rails here and and we have a high geriatric population we have a high veteran population and um and because of those two factors there are lots of like lots of retirees lots of lots of older people um and again like dementia and alzheimer those are mental health health Mm -hmm. issues as well so we have um the potential for a lot of mental health patients in our state, uh, maybe, maybe higher than other places. Um, have you ever like done any work with the VA? Like, do you guys, you know, sometimes get visiting doctors? Do you have like a lot of crossover where you're at? Cause especially we have a, a high veteran population and we're all nuts. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, we're all nuts. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Some that's of us what I would say to any patient is that like, we're, it's not just you. We're all here, and and listen, we're de- dealing with a pandemic where we've got we've got the biggest civil rights movement in American history happening right now. There, if you're not if you're not responding with some level of stress and anxiety, then you're not paying attention. Right. So, yeah. Like if if you're not a little you know pulling a little bit of your hair out, then there's something wrong. Um. But what was the question again? You uh, were, just like a lot, of, a lot of crossover with the with the VA. Do you, do you work yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, yeah. My career coach uh, works at the VA for uh, Viz Nate Viz Eight Eight Area Eight, which is like the whole southeast. Right. Um, I've gotten an opportunity to shadow her a few times, and she is for next summer. My big project is I'm going to be shadowing the the psychiatric pharmacy manager at the Orlando. VA. That's going to be really good. Uh, so I'll be able to answer more, more of your questions after that too. <laughs> we'll, like, we'll, we'll, we'll always take you back. Um, so like you're, you're looking more like psychopharmacology, things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got into the, um, I got into it for, to, for adolescent care. When I was a teenager, I had, it was like, you know, the old lady who swallowed the fly, they were giving me meds for ADD and then they were giving me meds for anxiety, then for depression and then all three at once and then adding and subtracting. And it was bad. Based on my experience, I was like, I'm going to make this better for people who are, who are kids who are dealing with this. But then I got here and I saw so many more people are vets and old people. And, um, and that's how, that's how I got, uh, as I as you get more exposure to other perspectives, you see the not only the differences but the similarities. Right. Um, there are inciting incidents a lot of times that were preventable that set people down a path to uh, treatment that was that that w- was not the best idea, right. or you know. Or the first thing that you try doesn't go right, and and you say screw everything. What like right? Like you get frustrated. You know, it's a lot of trial and error with a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as far as as far as um like the, the cannabis industry, I know that Florida's not necessarily young, but backwards and and stunted. Um, but how is as far as like like what's your what's your take 
on on all of that as far as you know the industry itself how you know you think it should be medical recreational how that's that's flowing and then you know just as mm-hmm. far as cannabis as a as an alternative treatment for you know mental health and things like that yeah i wonder how popular this opinion is going to be but i think that the medical not just in florida but but across the country the medical situation is not where it needs to be at at all um you have this burgeoning industry the this economy that's growing that's awesome um i did a presentation on this in my managed care class and i would i was like listen we have what we're what's going on right now medicinally in in the industry that's what recreation should be right right uh, there's there's no reason why legalization shouldn't be federal and recreational across the board. If, well, have, if, you, have you like seen only, how it's medical in the other states, or just is Florida your only your only um, reference? Actually, more I have more reference in other states, like okay. states like Colorado and California, and um, so you know that like Florida is completely backwards the way. Oh, we totally are. Here. Okay, yeah, yeah, but but even so, there's no like there's no. Absolutely, because we don't have federal legislation, there's mm-hmm. no standardization of ingredients. Right. Um, so what we have are these boutique shops that pop up. A lot of them are run by pharmacists, which mm-hmm. is good on a like a quality control kind of a. But the manufacturing and supply doesn't have doesn't have the dosage standardization right. that we are capable of providing. Um, so are you more for like the vertical integration side where it should all kind of be, you know, regulated the same by the same people in house or, or is it just kind of across the board, even for co-ops and collectives, there still just needs to be some sort of standard like SOP for, you know, for the, the logistics and the operational side. So if you're a co-op or a collective, um, then, then the, the system that, that you have in place right now is great for recreational use. Okay. Um, even if, if you have, even if you have a, a chemist or a medical professional at the in your organization, what what you're doing right now is great for recreational. For medicinal, if we can, instead of having a a, a whole plant or a home distillation process or a or a, there's there's got to be the same way that the FDA regulates uh, the, the, the conversion of other natural products into, into pharmaceuticals. Um, we've got to be able to, we've got to be able to standardize that process across the board. If we're going to, if we're going to like write prescriptions for 70% CBD, 30% mm-hmm. THC or wh- whatever, whatever it is. And there are more ingredients than that. This is oh, what I'm learning. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like there's, oh, yeah, there's so much more bring- like, if we could isolate just the CBD, that they're they're working on that now. I know, but, but like there's we just discovered, like within this last year year and a half, three new cannabinoids. So that puts us at like mm-hmm. one thirty two, one thirty three, something like that. Right. And then you know, like we're just getting out of the, the whole delta nine, delta eight. They're just learning about that. Um, you know, I think uh, within the last year or so, they just realized that CBD doesn't necessarily have its own effect. It just slowly negates thc as opposed to you know having a, you know, a thing of its own so yeah like we're, we're always always learning new stuff about it like there's always new you know new things popping up about the, the plant itself we're in this exciting frontier research phase and uh a lot of my faculty members i'm, I'm doing research not on cannabinoids on op- the 
opioid addiction stuff. Mm. That's my, that's my wheelhouse right now. But um, like new, not just new cannabinoids, new cannabinoid receptors in the body that we didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Um, And as little as we still even understand serotonin receptors, we understand even less about cannabinoid receptors. Um, So we're, we're slowly, slowly getting there. It's just uh, a lot of old, old politicians <laughs> yeah. who even the young ones wouldn't, wouldn't understand the science that they need to understand to say, just let this, let this lie and split it, split it into two. Let people like, don't kill the economy you've created right. by changing all the rules. Uh, we have, we have this amazing industry now that can still be an industry as recreation. And then we can grow uh, prescription medicine right. by adding this this new factor to it. Right. So like you're you're more, you know, is, you know, keeping the, the separation between recreational and medical, just regulating the two of them differently, whereas a lot of people just kind of across the board, you know, do it all the same. So you're and, and mm-hmm. that, that, that makes sense. Um, it helps differentiate too. It like in terms of not public opinion, in terms of the perception, like we, this feels like going to a kava bar or a coffee bar or, a, or going to like a, this is gourmet right. and then this is treating my medical condition. And and if the two feel separate and look separate, it's going to be easier to, to accept for patients and, mm-hmm. and the, the older generation of healthcare professional professionals to accept like how this is going to go. So how's the, what's the, like the, the SOP in your, in your, you know, profession for, you know, can you guys be patients? Is that like a a discretionary thing based on the hospital or, you know, is it like, no, you guys can't, I mean, you know, can't do it at all. Oh, there's no, um, yeah. If we're patients, we're patients. Um, I've worked for a couple of local hospitals and they don't, um, there's not even there's not even a mandatory drug test anymore, oh, um, but at the retail pharmacy where I work, it's a different story. We're a national right. chain, right. and without without saying who they are, they're, they're we're the biggest one, and we're they're, we're pretty uh, I don't know pretty slow to adopt any sort of. Uh, well, that's understandable. I mean, anything that's anything that's you know a hot button subject. We've got like a board of directors or, or anything like that. Like right. a lot of times, you're going to stay more on the fence. Than, than right. anything else. That said, they are ready to have product on the shelf tomorrow. If you know that you know if it's if there's money to be made, they're they're all that's, over it. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's what like I personally and I've, I've I've seen it a lot here. I'm a little worried about is the fact that a lot of the the pharmaceutical reps, the pharmaceutical companies, and things like that that you know lost so much in the other states when the industries you know came out are here because there's a little there's a little buffer the way that um, Governor Moby wrote the amendment. I hate mm-hmm. that guy. Um, so like there's, there's a little more uh, restriction as far as like the prescription, the card, the time, you know, the, the milligram dosage and stuff here, like everywhere else. Like I, I remember when I went to Washington, um, I just, I walked in, I got my card and I was done. Like it was a year mm-hmm. and I could get whatever I wanted. You know, I have 12 plants and stuff like that here. It's like the last couple of months I've had to wait because, you know, I've only got two and a half ounces for every month or so and things right. like that. So there's, it's just definitely, yeah. It's like the DM. It's like, it's like everything in Florida. You got to wait to get the card to get approved. You got to wait to it. The same with the unemployment situation. There's so many old people here that they don't notice the waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So as far as as far as like your your general like opinion or or, you know 
hopes for both mental health, you know, and cannabis, the cannabis industry, as far as the medical side and stuff like that. Um, like what is your, you know, your, your personal goals and then what you would like to see, you know, moving forward as far as the big picture. Um, gosh, if we start with mental health, there is some danger for us to, to say like everybody should talk about their problems to each other all the time. However, that's kind of my, that's, kind of the direction that I'm headed and what I would like to see is is that if there is an issue there there especially like coming to me as a provider if you're my patient there should be no hesitation or or fear to say hey I think I'm I think I'm struggling with this or I'm having these thoughts or feelings and what what do they mean mm-hmm. like um I would like to be I would like to build strong relationships with patients so that they feel comfortable coming to me with those sorts of problems. Uh, pharmacist, it, depending on where I end up, I might be in a hospital as a psych pharmacist. I might end up in retail and like have my own store. But even if I'm in retail, I'm the person at the front, like I'm the person that's most accessible to them in the health field. Like you don't need an appointment to come see me. Yeah. You don't need uh, insurance to come talk to your pharmacist. So, um, if there's somebody who you trust on the other side of that counter, uh, that's that's what my goal is, not just for me, but for everybody who's coming through the classes with me. That's why I want to get all these people trained in suicide prevention. And um, we've got the trauma class coming up later this month for our students. Um, we want to, we want, when we graduate with this degree, I want, my students around me to be able to to be able to recognize the signs and to uh, to help their patients be comfortable enough to talk about it with them. So if they need to take that next step and seek uh, the help of a therapist or to ask their doctor for a prescription, they can do that with confidence. So it's As, like it, you you want people to to know that you know it doesn't have to be some big deal. They can come to, you know, you're, you're, you're a professional, you're the fun, you know, you're the one that, that, you know, that deals with all this so that you just want everybody to know that, you know, you have access, they have access no matter what your situation is to someone who knows to at least be able to get them on, you know, the mm-hmm. right path some way or the help that they need either financially or insurance or, or anything like that. Yeah. And I think there are more and more people like people who feel the way I do in in pharmacy where we're like, well, we have, we have this, we have all these qualifications. We don't always get to use them depending on what our jobs are, whatever our job description is at the time. But like it is, it is incumbent on us as healthcare professionals to know, okay, I I work in this town. What are all the ways people can get access to care in this town and how can they do it in a way that they can afford? Um, That's, but I was, I was in a different student organization as their mental health person, and I switched over to SNAFA. SNAFA is all about serving the underserved. That's their mission statement, and that was way more in line with with the way that I wanted to practice. And then, as far as like um, as, as the industry moving forward you know, hopes and dreams, like, do you think that maybe some on like a federal level 
hospitals should par- partner with, you know, with these uh, consortiums and companies, the larger dispensaries, things like that, or should it stay, you know, kind of the more business side, but still, you know, a medical. This is, this is the, the hard question because the, what is so great about the industry is how grassroots and homegrown it is. And we don't want it to be subsumed by big pharma. Right. Um, but the downside to that is that like, it's the wild west. And even though it's not, not as much as it was like five, 10 years ago, yeah, it's still, um, it's still really hard to get consistent and, and reliable product from, from like, no matter how, no matter how good the place is, right. like there's always there, there, yeah, there's always variability. Yeah, there's always, yeah, there's, you know, depending on who's working, depending on the new level, you know, the there's there's yeah dozens of different variable conditions so, that'll you know I would like to see the outcome like FDA regulation mm-hmm. without without like giant corporate it, I don't know this I'm what I'm talking about seems impossible no so, I, I, so, I, like, it's actually highly not. regulated industry right. with with uh still with the mom and pop uh, right sensibility and, and, and it, business as long as honestly like there there's a few different ways. The vertical like, integration is 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 horrible. You know, yeah. it's, it's the it's the exact opposite of you know the, the whole thing that founded the movement and stuff like that. But it's it's good in the fact that you know it does attract a lot of money. It attracts you know between the investors and the corporations that want to get in on it. So it, that does. So I would think that some sort of like tax incentive or you know grant because it's it's not like they're they're not making money both even you know the locals the mom and pop stuff you know i was talking about with another guest you know it's 70 billion dollar a year globally you know like right uh, but Colorado you, made you know over almost 10 billion dollars their first year so it's not like it's not going to be able to support itself oh so it's it will. a little more it's, you know like you know, partnership between as opposed to you know regulation just to kind of a you know an autonomy with you know with, with agreements governmentally regulate yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Regulation in terms of quality control and and safety. Right. Um, that's where that's where where the wires get crossed because depending on who you've got writing legislation or passing it or who you have implementing the policy, mm-hmm. uh, the those those grants will go to the right people or they'll go to the giant corporations, right. um, and the the regulations will be used as a tool to elevate the product or to, uh, to, you know, stamp out competition. So it's, it's the, it's a tool that really depends on who's wielding it. Right. And as far as, you know, as far as the, the level of control, do you agree um, the way it is now it's, it's all the way down like to a city and County level, or do you think that at a certain point it should, you know, pull back a little bit to a larger scale, like at least, you know, at a state level or, or above? Yeah. No, pull back a little bit. Like right. we're, we're it's it's this it's the way it is now because it's new. Right. Um once once everybody kind of gets the gets on the same page about what this is supposed to look like, um then we can then we can pull back a little bit. I think it's probably time. Do you have any uh advice for anybody, you know, either either in your profession that may be a little discouraged by the way things are going or somebody, you know, who who may need to seek mental help of some kind or, or, you know, the resources, things like that, like anything that they can check up, not just, you know, necessarily in the state, but, you know, if there's anything that they can check and get a hold of, or, you know, just kind of, you know, words of advice for, for future doctors and pharmacists. Um, as far as, yeah, as far as the, 
as far as future healthcare providers goes, um, the, here, here's my advice. You're going to get into school and you're going to have a lot of people filling your head with, uh, with ideals, idealistic ideas about what it's going to be like when you get out. Don't buy into all of it. That's one, that's one thing. But at the same time, don't let the, don't, don't let the business of medicine like make you cynical. We're still humans and we can, we can work within these systems um, to we, like ignore the metrics, think about your patients and you will be fine. You'll find ways to make those connections and help the people that you're trying to help. Right. Um, at the same time for patients, um, there is always help available. All you have to do is open yourself up to it. Talk to your pharmacist or talk to the, the person that you feel, uh, that you feel comfortable with. A great website, uh, psychologytoday.com. You can look on that website by your zip code and it will list every mental health resource available in that city or municipality. And um, you can rate, you can find individual doctors reviewed by patients uh, in that place to try to find the person that's right for you in terms of cost or personality or the, the, their approach to, to, to therapy or practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I can only speak to local, uh, central Florida, uh, the MHACF mental health association of central Florida.org, uh, MHACF.org is the place where I have found the most comprehensive and helpful resources for, uh, for patients and for people like me who are looking for ways to, um, to go beyond their degree and help help this help patients with mental illnesses in central florida all right well keith it's been wonderful it's great talking to you um i i think that you know you're gonna reach a lot of people um like you definitely you definitely seem like you got in this for the right reasons and and uh you know i, I wish you all the best and, and i hope so we can yeah like hopefully <laughs> you know we can we can get together more often and uh and and you know try to because that's what I'm trying to do here is, you know, because especially in the military and I've talked about it with a few people, there was this kind of subculture or just this, this unwritten law of, you know, you don't talk about it. You don't go to the doctor, you know, like you don't go, you know, like we, we call the, the shrink, the wizard, cause he made you disappear, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> oh so, yeah. yeah, yeah that's there's, another. there's a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. And so like, I, I want to do this because, you know, I don't care, you know, if I talk about it and people like I, I could give a shit less what, what people think. So I'm going to use that to, to get it out so that people do get help. So it, it's, mm -hmm. it's nice to, you know, to see, you know, somebody on the other side of, of you know, the the issues, the profession with the same overall you know goals and ideals. So it's it's good that, you know, it's good to, to, to see more eye to eye with, with people with you know different backgrounds and and things like that. Um, so, yeah, definitely. And I've, I've got a I've got a, another guest coming on soon, um, a doctor who's specific specifically works with, uh, you know, suicide prevention and stuff like that. So I'll, uh, I'll get you guys together. Her name is Dr. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. So we, yeah, we'll, but we'll, uh, we'll have the, the two, the two, uh, websites. I'll put the, I'll make sure we put those on that episode, but, um, yeah, it was great talking with you, Keith. Have a wonderful evening. You too. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in and, uh, hope you tune in next time. For the Chronic Insomnia Podcast, remember, no matter what life throws at you, this too shall puff, puff, pass.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.